Higher Inner Power, a reflection of true hip-hop culture, a study of hip-hop, and an execution of sticking to the roots while also propelling everything forward. Welcome back to another episode of Higher Inner Power. I'm your host, Ty Frazier, a.k.a. Supernova. It's a cold day here in Denver, Colorado. Lots of snow on the ground. But I uh, hope y'all are doing good. Hope y'all are staying blessed, staying healthy, staying well. You know, today I just had my homie DJ Cons come through. So I'm super excited to show that conversation. He's a real DJ, real hip-hop head, real hip-hop connoisseur, a conduit, and definitely someone who brings people together in this city. You know, he hosts a lot of open mics, he plays people's music on the radio, and he's definitely a beacon of hip-hop in Denver, Colorado. So I'm really excited to share our conversation. Hope you enjoy. All right, y'all, we're in the studio today here with DJ Cons. Appreciate you joining me, man. Appreciate you coming through. Yeah, right on. Thanks for having me. What's up, everybody? Hell yeah, man. How's your day going so far? Oh, man, it's cool. A little cold outside, but, you know, just taking it easy on a Saturday, you know? Hell yeah. Hell How about yeah. yourself, man? Yeah, it's going good, man. It's right going on. good. Been a good day so far. Right on. Hell yeah. Um, Is there anything, uh, you know, that's on your mind that you want to talk about? Um, Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about the early days? You want to talk about yeah. the origin? Yeah, yeah I guess just talk about how, how you started <laughs> and how you came into hip-hop Word. and how, you know, how you got into DJing. Yeah, I mean, shoot, man. I mean, uh, getting into hip-hop, man, I mean, to be honest with you, bro, it was almost like I was... Let's say I was born into it, you know what I mean? But, you know, I, I, I kind of was just immersed in it real early and young, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, um, like I said before, like my older cousins, bro, they were, they were, they were, you know, in bands, you know, breakdancing, you know, some of them were MCs, some of them were DJs. So like early on, young, maybe like three years old, I started really noticing hip hop, you know what I mean? Wow. And, and like way back then, you know, 82, 83, around that time was when I really started like just absorbing it you know what i mean like hearing early hip-hop you know my dad would listen to rappers delight oh, and, and i just that shit would make me go crazy but like when i heard things like planet rock and buffalo gals and like uh uh grand wizard dxt you know what i mean hearing all that stuff um, yeah. it just it i was hooked bro like i was i was i was i was hypnotized by it man and that was it you know what i mean that from that point on man i knew that that this is what i was gonna do you know what i mean like hands down bro like this was it like i wasn't gonna do anything else and that's what i did you know most of my life was just that you know what i mean and then like moving on into like the later 80s like when i was about six seven eight years old around that time was when i was really you know forming into like who i am now pretty much you know what i mean a dj yeah um uh, you know i used to do graffiti when i was younger but like it was always more toward the music and the dj what uh made you want to become a dj was there like a moment or an artist that, um you know that made you want to be be a dj watching my seeing my dad's like like figuring out my dad's record collection dude and then like figuring out like uh the music that he had i mean at the time at that time like people weren't real sample heavy but the samples that were being used like rock cam and all them Eric B and Rakim, you know what I mean? My dad had all those rec the, the, them breaks and stuff on vinyl. So like figuring out like he he would show us like, you know, what they're using is is this song here. They they copied this song here and then he showed us how, you know, how to make loops on tape, you know what I mean? And he was like, this is all they're doing to make that beat. And I, it, it, I figured it out. Like, this is how you do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is the formula. You know what I mean? And 
And from that point on, man, like I was, that was it, dude. Like I was digging in his records. I was digging in my cousin's records. You know what I mean? We go to people's houses, and I would dig around in their parents' records or whatever. You know what I mean? Or like whoever's records were there, and just got real curious about the music. You know what I mean? Yeah. There used to be a radio show on KDKO back in the day where they would play hip hop on Saturday, and I would religiously, dude, be like every Saturday, like NWA, like all radio versions, obviously, but NWA, BDP. Um, you know, all the good stuff, Public Enemy, you know, everything. They played Kwame, everything, man. It was it was a real dope show, and I would record those shows yeah. and study them and listen to them. I remember seeing a documentary about uh, Stretch and Bobito and just how they had a radio yeah. show like that, too. That's yeah, and they see there, that's part of, like, one of the, like, like that's, like, Stretch and Bobito, you know, that goes, for me, that's, like, more of, like, toward, like, junior high, just getting yeah, into high 90s, school. Right? Yeah, yeah. When all that was out, dude, and I used to get those tapes from Contents, the homie would 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 get them and sell them in his in his store, mm -hmm. and we would go help him like stock the stock the racks, dude. Contents was like, uh, I don't, are you familiar with? with mm -mm. No. So Contents was like, it was dope, dude. It was a skate shop, graph shop, record shop. They had DJ battles there. They they That's threw awesome. raves, super dude. Hip -hop. Super hip hop, super underground. And like at that time, like the raves and hip hop were all. You know combined like it was one scene you know what i mean mm -hmm. and we and it was in denver too and it was in denver yeah. okay. you know it was oh, huge yeah. you know what I mean? it, was, it, was, it was real huge like a lot of the la influences and a lot of the east coast influences mm -hmm. would come out you know what i mean and kind of like bring their flavor you know what i mean like it would and that's where like a lot of the denver flavor got developed was like around that time you know what i mean but like okay going back to like the 80s you know what i mean like um you know the radio show like i always like like when i heard the radio show i always wanted to do radio and then like somehow i don't know where it came from but i but i, I found a, a dj a recorded dj red alert you know uh mix show from from new york man and that shit was that changed my whole life right there dude hmm. the way dj red alert was doing it back then Classic. you can go back on youtube and, and check out his mixtapes dude mm -hmm. Or even his radio mixes. Oh my gosh, sure, bro! It's ridiculous, dude. And that and that was it. I was like, I gotta figure out how he's doing that, scratching and the way he's blending music and all that. Like, what's he doing to make the music match? You know what I mean? Yeah. So from that point on, I would say that was probably like '89. I was probably 10 years old, 11 years old, dude. I just would rack my mind, dude. Like, like how does how's he doing this? And then uh, about 10, 11 is when I got like you know a turntable and didn't even know what what a mixer really did at the time you know what i mean and freaking uh started messing with records and scratch and always always scratch you know get some paper towels and put it on a, some cheap little crappy turntable yeah. and i'd be scratching my butt off you know what i mean and then um about 12 years old is when i was like yeah i'm, I'm a dj this is what i do you know what i mean i'm a graffiti writer i'm a dj and this is it like this is who i am and what i do that's awesome and you know got my first actual set of turntables and bought a mixer from my brother's homie you know what i mean that he went to school with i went and uh, bought my first mixer from him and um it was on bro it was on i was i was in my bedroom constantly with the records music blasting you know what i mean and, and just just doing like 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 and trying you know emulating all the scratches i heard on records bro mm -hmm. i'd go back and listen to records hear the scratches and i would practice those scratches yeah and then like around 
92, I'm probably like 12, 13 years old, you know what I mean? I start getting invited to go DJ house parties for like the older cats and you know what I mean? Like the adults yeah. and stuff. So I'd go do... You, you were 14 or you said? 12? I was about 12, oh, 12, wow, 13 yeah. years old, you know what I mean? And then doing the house parties really got me like, this is dope, you know what I mean? This is... Uh, this is this is it you know what i mean so i got a little i, I started just in, in, in immersing myself in dj culture and um really got really started like um talking with a lot of the bigger dj legends from out here you know tribal touch you know dj raw henji javio uh, Scratch G, you know what I mean? Dang, there's so many DJs from back then. But I, I would just like, I was a young guy and I would go kick it with them. Like go just hang around them. And then they started being like, who the heck is this kid? You know what I mean? Yeah. Always hanging out, I'd always be at the raves, always at the parties, always hanging around contents, you know what I mean? One day the turntables were open and DJ Raw was like, uh, go ahead and mess with them. And I got up there and I started scratching. And by that time I had been doing it, you know, scratching for, four years or so you know what i mean and got up there and started cutting on the on the turntables and he was just like whoa let me show you how to do this little trick and do this and it was just like they all just kind of you know allowed me to be in that circle and be with these heavyweights bro like these these guys at that time were even legends you know what i mean and they just kind of took me under their wing or even just brought me out you know what i mean yeah. they had me doing shows like first few shows i was nervous as hell because like i have all these heavyweight djs from out here you know what i mean that are like yo come do this show with us show everybody what you could do you know what i mean and i'm nervous as shit but then it was just something clicked and I just like the nervousness went away and every weekend I was hacking up my records and my turntables and waiting mm -hmm. by the front door for yeah. my dad or my brother to take me to a gig, man. And from there it was on. My homie uh, gave me a mixtape, uh, DJ Kubert's Demolition Pumpkin Style Music. And that was a tape where I was like, yeah, dude, this is it. This yeah, DJ Kubert's nice. Yeah, he's yeah he, was, he was fire, you know what I mean? And then... That's when I got into like the DJ battles and all that stuff and really working on my technical skills and really getting good at, you know, just being a well-rounded well DJ. Yeah. Um, Why do you think, um, I know DJing is like one of the main core elements of hip hop. Why do you think that is? Well, DJing, they say, I would say, I mean, I mean, they're all, DJing's the core probably because that was like what, what created that, that, that brought the community together. You know yeah, what I mean? Was the music, was the DJs. Yeah. And I mean, like even hip hop DJ, and I know they they say hip hop was you know nineteen was it nineteen seventy four? They're saying that's I think it would 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 have to be earlier than that because there was DJs that were doing it way earlier than that. You know yeah. what I mean? That weren't technically hip hop. Yeah. Just because it didn't have that that label on it, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Even what a you know like James Brown, some of what he yeah. was doing was kind of like rapping too. That was know, hip hop. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? So I mean, hip hop goes way. It just evolved. It's that yeah. music evolved. You know what I mean? It's the funk, the jazz. Joe the soul yeah it's all that evolved you know yeah. what i mean so like um but the djs i think the reason why that caught on because they were the ones that were bringing the the flavor to the parties and bringing the community together you know what i mean the yeah. dj was 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 what Roots. everything was kind of around you know the break dancers the mcs you know the graffiti white writers even you know what i mean going to party and groove you're going there to hear the dj play his music you're going there to dance to the to what the dj's playing you're going For there real? to rhyme over what the dj's playing you know what i mean so i think that was just it was the and then you know you you got the glue that holds it together. Yeah, yeah and then you know cool herc you know what i mean like they say he's the godfather while well, he's the dj so the yeah. dj is the godfather 
of hip hop, yeah. you know, through folk folklore or however you want to see it. But no, exactly. I think it just I think hip hop went way back further. You know what I mean? And the DJ just happened to be what caught on, kind yeah, of, yeah, what and what people of, realized that yeah. oh, they could do something with this. Yeah. So. And then I guess the MCs kind of just came in when they would hear the DJ yeah. cutting up, and they just you know start saying yeah. things over the cuts. Yeah, and that's I mean like like you're saying like Gil Scott Heron or like you know mm -hmm. the last poets, the last you poets, know, yeah, that stuff there. You know what they I mean? They were kind of rapping. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, even um, Pygmy Markham, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I've if, heard of him. Yeah, he, he, he kicked a rap, he kicked a flow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Over yeah. a break beat, you know what I mean? And that yeah. was what, I want to say, early 60s maybe? Maybe I could be wrong, but like what he was kicking was rhyming, you know what I mean? So yeah. It's just all that music evolved, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just a gumbo pot at this yeah. point, you know? We're a mixture of all of it now. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's what's so great, man. Is there any uh, albums or artists that, you know, really impacted your life or that you really stood out to you? I would say... I know you named a lot, but... Yeah, maybe. yeah. I would say, like, albums, like, like songs and albums that really impacted me was was Artifacts, Wrong Side of the Tracks, you know what I mean? Like, yes, not necessarily got me into hip-hop, but, like, when that dropped, I felt like I was a part of a part of, you know what I mean? Like, what they were, you know, writing the graffiti... And the hip hop and the way they were rhyming and how dusty and dirty it sounded, I was like, "That's me and my crew." You know what I mean? And that's when I felt it was like I'm officially like hip hop. You know that's what I mean? That's awesome, man. Shout out like, to El, the sensei. You know, I opened yeah. up for him last year. He's he was a real cool cat, man. Yeah, he's yeah. Chilled and he's super humble. Yeah, I got to open up for them as an artifacts, and then when and that's then awesome. Tame when he was a solo artist when he first went solo. Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. The same one. Um, but yeah, dude. Um, they they definitely that 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 song really heavily influenced me for what what I want and how my sound was gonna be you know what I mean yeah wrong side of the tracks uh, DJ Shadows introducing those I love were, that album yeah those yeah. two were definitely like life changing for me you know what That's I mean awesome because I had a dusty style that I really didn't like I was like everything at the time was let's say it was polished but it was clean but yeah. like when the boot camp clicks and all that shit started coming out mob mm -hmm. deep Black and all that stuff yeah. yeah it was like now I could fucking now I'm now I'm actually making vibe. this stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Because this is this is how our sound is sounding in the basement. Yeah, exactly. Not realizing like even this like you was, said, wrong side of the tracks and introducing those hella have like a super dusty. Yeah, sound. yeah. It's just that that raw hip hop, and that's that's when it was like, yeah, this is I had an identity in this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was no longer just a, a fan or like a, a spectator, dude. I was like, I am this you know what i mean and from that day on i mean from them moments on man it was that's all i did eat sleep drink hip-hop bro you know what i mean it, i mean you know i got a career and a family but like all my kids know like hip-hop is what they're immersed in too like it's every day for them you know what i mean yeah and that you, you could tell by like your son ghost and i'm sure yeah. your other kids are immersed in hip-hop too you know yeah yeah young ghost is is out there doing his thing he's actually got a show coming up may 6th uh, the That's mexican awesome. standoff b-boy battle up in longmont and then my other son uh my oldest son draven he goes by occult him and he's dropping remixes and beats and stuff on soundcloud right now man so he, he's really dude he, he digs in the crates and goes deep bro awesome and he does he does the craziest He'll take he'll take a Tyler like Tyler the Creator acapella and then he throws like this crazy simple off down tempo beat that is fire behind it man it's like he's a fucking genius you know what I mean yeah is there anything uh, anything else you wanted to promote that you got coming up or 
Um, definitely promote the show with you coming up, man. Yeah, yeah, May 18th. May 18th. Dev and the dude. Me and my boy Ty rocking with, you know, yeah. Dev and the dude. And, you know, anytime I get a rock with you, bro, it's an honor. It's dope. You know, the Likewise. last show, you know what I mean? I freaking, uh, I came down sick, man. And fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't get to get out. I was oh, a, it's I all was good. A I appreciate mess, the man. Twister show that we did. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was fire. You gonna... really add an element that was missing to my sets, I feel like, too. Because I feel like you need a DJ. kind of just adds something yeah. that you don't have, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. MCs. I mean, it's the, you like you like the the MC and the DJ. That's there's chemistry yeah. there. You know, when, you, when you have that element, yeah. yeah. As always, you know, every Monday, catch us on New Music Mondays on the radio. Every first Sunday of the month, catch me on the Eclipse Show, and I'll be playing all the homies tracks. Yeah. You know what I mean? You guys send me it, and we we'll, we we play it. And what what email should they send it to? Uh, K O N Z I S G at gmail dot com. Yep. Send me your tracks and we'll play it. These guys know, man. It, it, it's an honor to get up there on the radio and just be able to play like the homies' tracks and blow people's minds. They're like, "Who sent you that exclusive?" Like, yeah. "Oh, these are the homies sending me their tracks as they make them." You know what yeah. I mean? And I get the honor of playing them and breaking them, man. You know what I mean? That's awesome. And that's you know that's a, it's a good feeling. But yeah, no, nah, uh, May eighteenth, come check it out. Uh, Oriental. Oh, Ori oh, the Oriental. Yeah, Oriental. I forgot yeah. the Oriental. I love yeah. rocking the Oriental, man. Yeah. That's a dope venue. I've never rocked it before, so it's yeah, it's fire, dude. I love yeah. that place. That's gonna be fun, man. No, I appreciate you coming through and chopping it up. Where can the people find you? Shoot, you can find me on every single platform under LCM Los Cornejos Muertos. That's me and Opt One. We got music that's up. I'll be dropping projects on on there. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Cons Freight Heavy, K O N Z F R, the number eight H E V Y. Um, Instagram's probably the best place to, to hit me, reach me. You know what I mean? I'll promote everything on there. Um, go check out the, our SoundCloud page. We're everywhere, so. Oh, yeah. I'll add all the links and your email in there, too. You yeah, yeah. Every, everything's up there. Stuff. You can see the, you can get the info on the radio shows, radio stations, times, all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, we're going to keep rocking and doing it. You know what I mean? Uh, keep, keep dropping fresh music as the homies send it over and, yeah. yeah. Thanks, hey, for, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, real talk, man. Appreciate you. Hell yeah. Appreciate y'all listening. Right on. Peace. to the podcast this is ty frazier aka supernova really appreciate y'all listening and tuning in that was a really good conversation with dj cons a true hip-hop head connoisseur and just a, a real part of the culture so uh yeah definitely check him out if you have music and you're an artist you know definitely send it to him he can definitely play it on the radio or play it you know wherever he goes so definitely check him out and tune in tap in with them just wanted to give you some hip-hop history for today so today is April 25th, 
In hip-hop history, MC Coke Rock was born on April 25th, 1955. He's sometimes credited as being the first MC ever in the history of hip-hop. Although it's been written that he comes from Jamaica, he was actually born in the Bronx. He was a friend and musical partner of DJ Cool Herc, who himself is generally considered to be the godfather of hip-hop, starting in 1973. Rock was an original member of Herc's MC crew, the Herculoids. According to Herc, Coke Rock's MC name had various iterations, beginning as A1 Coke and then moving on to Nasty Coke before it was finalized as Coke Rock. He joined Cool Herc for his first party in 1973 to celebrate Herc's sister Cindy's birthday. It wasn't until about the fifth or sixth party that he took the name Coke Rock. The name came to him in a dream. Before that time, he had no name and did his rapping out of sight from the audience, so no one knew who was doing the rapping. His original raps were usually shout-outs to friends, but gradually the poetry emerged. He originated such phrases as, You rock and you don't stop, and Hotel Motel, You don't tell, we won't tell, which was immortalized on the first Sugar Hill Gang single, Rapper's Delight, although LaRock received no credit. So Coke LaRock, definitely an originator of hip-hop, one of the first MCs, one of the founders of being an MC. So definitely shout-out to him. You know, look him up, do your history, listen to some of his music. Also, today in hip-hop history, Mob Deep released their second studio album, The Infamous, on April 25th, 1995. In my opinion, that's one of their best albums, hands down, and has some of the grimiest beats I've ever heard in my life. And Shook Ones Part 2 is honestly just the grimiest, one of the most iconic beats ever made. Sounds like a sewer, you know what I mean? It just sounds so dirty and dusty and just, it just is the epitome of 90s dark hip-hop. Man, I love Shook Ones Part 2, Survival of the Fittest. Oh, there's a lot of classics on that album. Definitely check it out if you never have. Havoc, he is an amazing producer. Rest in peace to Prodigy. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Just want to give some hip-hop history. You know, that's what that's what this is about. This is about the study of hip-hop, the culture of hip-hop, the history of hip-hop, and uh. Just me talking to all the people I know in my life that are really involved in this culture. So thank you for listening. Wanted to share uh, just a piece from this book that I really recommend. It's How Music Works by David Byrne. He's actually from the group The Talking Heads. This is how technology shapes music. The first sound recording was made in 1878. Since then, music has been amplified, broadcast, broken down into bits, milked, and recorded. And the technologies behind those innovations have changed the nature of what gets created. Just as photography changed the way we see, recording technology changed the way we hear. Before recording music became ubiquitous, music was for most people something we did. Many people had pianos in their homes, sang at religious services, or experienced music as a part of a live audience. All those experiences were ephemeral. Nothing lingered, nothing remained except for your memory of what you heard and felt. Your recollection could very well have been faulty or it could have been influenced by extra musical factors. A friend could have told you the orchestra was not good and under social pressure you might have been tempted to revise your memory of the experience. So a host of factors contribute to making the experience of live music a far from objective phenomenon. You couldn't hold it in your hand. Truth be told, you still can't. And that's a very interesting sentiment, considering that uh, recording music has changed so much throughout the history of time. It really changes the way that you hear it and the way that you think about music. And sometimes we don't really think about that, how technology and how the evolution of things really change the way we view something and our perspective and perception of it. So, you know, just something interesting to think about, you know. Appreciate y'all listening today. Appreciate y'all tuning in. I hope you have a blessed day, a blessed evening, and a blessed weekend. Thank you for tuning in to Higher Inner Power.